Welcome to the KNEO Community Connection, where we keep our finger on the pulse of what's coming up in the four state area, telling you about upcoming events you don't want to miss, organizations in our area doing great work, and conversations with the dynamic citizens who are making it all happen. I'm your host, Luke Taylor, and this is a production of KNEO Radio in Neosho, Missouri, and the Sky High Podcast Network. And we have a truly inspirational interview to bring you today. We spoke with Ellen Vogt. She is the director for the CASA services in Newton and McDonald counties in Missouri. And if you're wondering what a CASA is, um, just sit tight. We can't wait to tell you all about that. But first, we're going to do a short interview with uh, the director of development services for the city of Neosho. His name is Richard Levins. And he's going to be telling us about a really exciting event that's coming up this weekend in downtown Neosho. And so, um, and so we'll talk to him first, but make sure you stick around and join the conversation about what a CASA is with Ellen Vote right after that. Hey, Richard Levins, thanks for joining us on the KNEO Community Connection. Oh, my pleasure. So Celebrate NEO Show, um, that is the event coming up this weekend. It's June 24th, and it looks like it gets started at 4 p.m. What can people expect if they come out for this? Well, it looks like they can expect some really nice weather for it, but we're, we'll be opening up there at 4 p.m., with uh, an opening prayer from Justin Clemens. And uh, then we'll start off with the national anthem and live music from the Whiskey Outlaws at 4.30. And then uh, moving on to the Harmony Street Trio and Josh Larson and the Trainwreck to close it off that night. So lots of of music, going to be lots of good stuff to listen to, but also some fun stuff for the kids. Yeah, yeah. We've we've arranged for a lot of uh, free activities on the square for families and kids. We've got uh, a uh, cornhole tournament that'll be going on. Uh, the water, the infamous watermelon uh, seed spinning contest will be going on. <laughs> uh, there'll be a, a, a sand pit, bungee jumping, and events like that for the for the kids and families to get out on. There'll also be uh, the restaurants will be out on the square serving great food. There'll be some f- uh, food vendors, uh, trucks there. Mm. Uh, so you can come down, feed the family, enjoy an evening uh, prior to the uh, fireworks at dark. Yeah, I, I was looking here. There's a long list of not just food items or food uh, locations available there on the square, but um, lots, lots and lots of food trucks, like you said. So there's going to be lots of options there for people. If they get there a little early, they don't have to leave for dinner. They can have dinner there. And then to top it all off, the fireworks start at 930. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. Uh, got a good uh, an aerial show. So you should be able to see it from the square, but if not, you can move off the square to the uh, Acer. They'll be firing out of more spark. And like I said, it's all an all aerial show, so you don't have to get in close to see them. Mm. And the Celebrate Neo show, uh, that's that's an annual event that you all do, and that's been going on for quite a while, hasn't it? It has. We hold it every year in the last Saturday of June. Um, this year, we're doing a little more abbreviated uh, format than we had been doing. Uh, because it was so hot last year, it was about enough to melt the pavement mm. <laughs> out there if it, if you were out there. Yeah. Um, so we shortened it up a little bit so the, there's more shade on the square in the in the evening as the, as the uh, buildings begin to shade some of the activities. It uh, should make it a little more comfortable. Plus, the temperature doesn't look like it's going to be quite as hot this year. Okay. Well, hey, that's that's great to know. So the Celebrate Neo Show, it's going to be this Saturday, June 24th, and it kicks off at 4 p.m. Uh, but people can can come and go as they please. They got music all day. They got food all day. They got games and fun stuff for the kids all day. And it, the fireworks start at nine thirty. Mm-hmm. Our merchants will be out mm. in force and uh, ready to to talk with folks. And uh, we're just we're really looking forward to it this year. Yeah. No, I can't imagine anyone being disappointed. So it's going to be a good time. And uh, we just hope people will turn out for that. 
and uh, and just have a great day. So, um, hey, we've been speaking today with Richard Levins, Director of Development Services for Neo Show. And Richard, thanks for your time. You bet you. My pleasure. Okay, well, don't go anywhere. We are coming right back with another interview in just a moment. So we have on the phone with us today, Elfot, and she is the director for the NUMAC CASA. And so that is the Noonan and McDonald County CASA program. And I am really excited to be sharing or to let her share some of the information about this program with everybody today. And so, El, thanks for being with us on the program. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So tell us what a CASA worker does and why they are so important. Oh, you just. I'm not sure that there's enough words, um, and I really hope that it comes through in my voice just exactly how important it is. Um, so CASA is not a house. It stands for Court Appointed Special Advocate. Um, and so what we do is um, we find volunteers in the community, like your mom, your sister, your wife, preferably you, um, anybody that um, has a couple of extra hours a month. It's no less than two hours. I've never seen more than five to eight hours, and that's really kind of how much you choose to put into being a volunteer. Um, but the way that this works is um, you have to do a training. You meet with me. You do 30 hours of training, 15 online by yourself, and then 15 in person with me. And I know that that sounds completely like, oh, my gosh, that's a lot. I'll tell you, we spread it out over several weeks, number one, mm-hmm. and number two, it's very um, engaging what you do online. You actually work a case from beginning to end and, and go over all of the different things that you could potentially run into as a volunteer. And so it's very um, rewarding to do that training because it's not like you're just reading a textbook and showing up to a class. It's very hands-on. Mm. Um, and so you go through a training And then after that, you get sworn in by a judge, which is one of my favorite days. I think that is the coolest thing ever. Um, You stand before the judge and you have to swear for confidentiality because you are dealing with children that are in foster care. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you're assigned a case. And the way that works is a a child that's been removed from their home has just experienced a very traumatic event. Um, there's, There's no other way to put that. And so when these kids come into care... They have a caseworker um, that they see once a month um, that is doing walkthroughs through the house and talking to their foster placement and doing all of the things that are necessary for her job. They have a juvenile officer who is amazing, but they really don't lay eyes on their juvenile officer very often, if really ever. Um, and then they have a guardian ad litem, and Newton and McDonald County has one guardian ad litem. Her name is Danielle Garrity, and she is phenomenal. Um, she is amazing. Um, there just aren't enough hours in the day for her to be able to put hands on every single kiddo. And so that's where CASA comes in. We are that extra set of eyes. When you become a CASA for a, a child in foster care, you stay with them from the beginning of their case all the way to the end um, where they're either returned home or um, placed with an adoptive parent or guardian. And so we are the consistent, um, mm-hmm. you know, sadly, there are not enough foster placements in, in our area or in any area for that matter. Um, and so children get moved, um, sometimes several times. Um, caseworkers, it's a very difficult, taxing, emotional job and their, um, turnover rate is pretty high. And so a, a child could have upwards of three to eight different caseworkers, 
um, throughout their entire case. So they're not really bonding with anyone um, in order to feel comfortable enough to talk to someone. And that's where you come in as a volunteer. You create a connection with that child, and then you stand in court, and you get to tell the judge what is in the best interest of that child and what that child wants. You are the voice of that child in the courtroom, and there is nothing more powerful than that. Hmm. And, and so, Elle, how long have you been doing this role as a director for the local CASA? I took over in May of 2022 um, as the executive director here. I've known what CASA is. I grew up in the system, so I've, I've been around, um, you know, children's division workers and juvenile officers and things like that my whole life. And my previous careers, I worked with them as well. So, um, yeah, I took over in May of last year. Okay. Boy, it feels a lot longer than yeah. that sometimes. <laughs> well, it sounds like you know it all very well. And so um, what, what kind of adult are you looking for whenever you're thinking of, you know, you're trying to recruit people to become a CASA and, and be that kind of person who sews into these kids' lives? What, what kind of adults so, are you thinking about? I need somebody that's 21 or over um, because children um, can stay in the foster system until they're 21. And so it's important to have somebody that's a little bit older mm. than the kids that they're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing is, is just passion to understand, you know, we all talk about how broken the system is. We all watch the news reports or hear, um, you know, sad stories, but you can help change that. All you have to do is step up. Really, somebody that will come in and do the best job that they can to create a safe space for that child a relationship with that child or those children that are part of their case um, in order to be able to best represent them. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to have a bachelor's degree. You don't have a master's degree. You don't have to have a degree um, in order to show compassion to a child and listen. That's really it. Just listen to these kids and be their friend um, because that's what they need. Everything else in their life is upside down. Um, even if they've been in their placement for a year or a year and a half, this still is very up in the air for them. And so they need somebody who can be there consistently for them um, every day. Hmm. Yeah. Let's let's say someone's listening and they think, oh, well, I, I work a full-time job. I mean, what, what kind of time commitment is being a CASA going to cost me? You can do that. You absolutely. So I have 11 new volunteers within the last year and all of them but one are retired. Um, and let me tell you, that's not even close to enough volunteers. Um, at any given time, there's 313 kids in care in McDonald County. Mm. And at this time, I think we're representing maybe 78 of them. That'll tell you how many of those kids don't have, have a CASA advocating for them and being their voice in the courtroom to be making sure that they're heard. Mm. So in order to be a volunteer, if you work a full-time job, do you have two hours spread out throughout the month, you know? On a Sunday afternoon, can you spend an hour or 45 minutes with a kiddo? You know, on a, on a Tuesday evening, you know, you, you're off work. Do you have an hour? Or this is what a lot of our volunteers do and our judges love it. And I love it too. Mm -hmm. Go to the school. You have a lunch hour. Go to the school and eat lunch with your kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The schools in Newton and McDonald County are phenomenal working with CASAs. I cannot tell you how impressed I have been. Um, they provide a special area for us. You can hang out with them on your lunch hour. There, there's your hour. There's your hour, you know, for that for that month mm-hmm. visiting with the kiddo. 
Um, if there is a family support team meeting, because you are part of a team for this child and you will be part of making decisions um, on their best interest mm-hmm. when it comes to um, therapy and, and, you know, possibly moving placements um, or if they're going to start getting visits with their biological family again, you're part of those teams. Those are usually done through emails. Um, so you'll have an email addressed to you that all your CASA stuff comes from. You can, I mean, let's be real. How often are we on our phone on Facebook or TikTok or mm-hmm. Snapchat? I mean, it's less time than I guarantee you you're on any one of those. Yeah. And, and the CASA is, you know, when you, when you have a kid go into foster care and so there's a whole case going on with that and there's a legal side, there's the... Um, mm-hmm. the caseworker side and the caseworkers bouncing between the kids and the parents and trying to put everything back together. Um, the judge is kind of dealing kids. with the parents. The CASA is there to represent the kids. Like they're not having to mess with 100%. the parents directly. Yeah. They're, they're there to be a voice for those children and make sure that people know what the kids are wanting. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes we, we get lost in translation. Kids get lost. I mean, I, I've seen it. I lived it. I understand it. And it, it's having that one person that is that is just yours that you can be completely honest with your fears and and your concerns with and that you know ultimately the judge is the one who makes the decision but if he never hears what that child wants or what that child feels like they need mm-hmm. then he's not making a fully informed decision you know we're not a caseworker our job is not to work with the parents and find resources for the parents um, we can help with that once the child is um, past a certain point in the process of reunification to go home. We absolutely have resources, and we have an amazing um, group of volunteers that know some resources um, and bring those to the table for us. But ultimately, our goal is to be the voice for that child and make sure that they, at the end of the day, have safe, permanent placement. Because until you don't know what that feels like, you have no idea the trauma that that can cause if you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And so when you have that volunteer that you just meet with twice a month, you just hang out with her for twice or him twice a month, that completely changes your fear of of the unknown. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, kind of what I was thinking was like there, there might be, you know, a dozen court dates on the whole life of the um, the foster care case. And yet... Depending on the age of the child and how the case goes, they might never be in that courtroom. That might be something that they never yeah, step most, foot most into. Most kids don't. Exactly. Most children never step foot into the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's okay. But, you know, they have a guardian ad litem, an attorney, Danielle Garrity, who stands in um, and represents the legal side of what the best interest of that child is. And like I said, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then you have the caseworkers who are all phenomenal. I mean, they have a hard job. But they are reporting very specific things to the judge, like how the family is doing. Are they accomplishing the task that has been placed before them by the court? And we are talking about the child. Is the child doing better in school? Is the child struggling? Is there therapies or things that we need to look at that maybe, you know, the caseworker didn't realize because she's working a whole different aspect of the case than what we are. Um, and so for us, it's, it's communicating to the judge what is going on with a child, what their thoughts are, um, what they want. 
Well, that's definitely something I hope people will think about. And, and maybe I just want to ask you about one or two more things today. But um, let's sure. let's let's also try to build a little sympathy for some of these kids, because some people might think, oh, I like kids. But they think about a foster kid that they knew one time and they said, oh, well, that that kid was um, that kid was a little bit wild. You know, I was a little intimidated by that kid. And uh, you mentioned this earlier, that when a child is taken from their home, even if it was a bad home situation, but that child is traumatized when they have to leave their parents or their what was always familiar to them, go live with somebody completely new, a stranger. Uh, can you talk just a little bit about that and just the trauma that foster kids go through? So that's one thing, you know, I it's so difficult for me um, when people are like, oh, my gosh, you know, he's in foster care. He is just he has behaviors. I hate that word behaviors. <laughs> have you ever thought why he might have or she might have behaviors? First of all, you don't know what was going on in that home. Um, once you're part of his or her case, you may find out some of the reasons why they have those behaviors. And then, so if there is abuse and neglect in regards to the child, so there's already a trauma, and then you remove them from the only thing that they've ever known, whether it's good or bad, it's still the only thing they've ever known, and that's traumatizing. Mm -hmm. And then you place them in a foster home with people they don't know. And how do I know these people if I upset them, if I make them angry, are they going to kick me out? Like every night you go to bed and you really have no idea in the morning, are they going to still want you there? Um, and the sad thing is, is foster kids move. They move often. Um, in the life of the case, most foster children move approximately three times. Mm. That's traumatizing. The other thing is, is we're not moving like you move. We don't have suitcases. We have trash bags. Mm -hmm. That's traumatizing. Yes. Yeah. The fear every time you go to school. Is something going to happen today? You're not. How can you focus? I mean, think about your worst day. You know, you've got you've got a deadline you've got coming up. You've got a kid that's sick. You're you're stressed out. You know, your car is acting up. Imagine that, and you're you're not really focusing. You're you're missing things, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine a child where there's not one faucet of their life that makes sense right now. How would you be focusing? So they may have behaviors. That's absolutely true. But I can tell you those behaviors are far less more likely to become an issue when the child has a CASA. I can tell you I have had a caseworker call me for a case that I personally volunteer for. And she she was just at her wit's end. And I just got in my car and drove over there. And we sat outside in his driveway in the sun and just talked. Eventually, he went and got his guitar and we just hung out there. And it calmed him down. Hmm. It just calmed him down enough where he could think rationally and not making such a an off-the-wall decision. And it's because he trusted me. I didn't show up. I wasn't in his face. I wasn't telling him what he is and isn't going to do. I just showed up to give him a little bit of calm because I'm consistent in his life. And so it becomes, you know, these kids may have behaviors. You're right. And um, there may be issues. But we'll work through those together. You're never alone as a volunteer for New Mac Casa. You always have a volunteer supervisor, and you always have access to me. Everyone has my personal cell phone number. Everybody has my email. You can call or text at any time um, because you're not in this alone. You're going to need support, too. But bad kids don't really exist. We have a terrible system that these kids are placed in. There's not enough therapists. There's not enough caseworkers. There's not enough anything um, for these kids in foster care. And so it's very important um, for that CASA to be there, to, to just be their friend, 
just be there with them um, because sometimes that'll change a bad kid to a good kid. And I can say that with every fiber of my being because I was labeled that kid. Hmm. Wow. Well, um, lots of things to think about there. And and maybe just one note I want to end on is um, we mentioned this earlier, but that, that, that kids in foster care, they might be in the foster care system for years. They could bounce from house to house to house. Uh, they could, yeah. as you mentioned, they could have caseworker after caseworker change out. Uh, but the cost of that's someone who walks through that entire case, the life of the whole case with that child being that consistency in the child's life. And so probably one last thing you're looking for whenever um, you're, you're talking to people about becoming a CASA is you want people who will stick with it to the end of that case. Absolutely. And I know, you know, when you say, oh, my gosh, that's like 18 months to two years, like that's a really long time. OK, yes, you're absolutely right. You're meeting with a kid for a couple of hours a month. Maybe you have a family support team meeting once every two months, and then there's some emails. And court, you're really only going to court once every three months. And if you can't go, I go for you. I have all of your information. We will have talked about your case, and I can speak for you as that CASA volunteer in court. We do that. Um, it's really not that long. I mean, when you really think about it, that's, what, 12 visits in a year, mm-hmm. 24 visits in a year. Yeah, it's, it's very doable, but it makes a big difference, and it can change the course it of someone's life. It will change life. that child's life. It literally can. And so, Yeah, kids who have CASAs, um, I mean, there's national statistics. If you look up national CASA, or even here in Missouri, if you look up Mo CASA, that's Missouri CASA, it will give you an, a massive amount of statistics that show you, um, you know, kids that have a CASA are more likely to graduate from high school. Um, mm. They're more likely not to get into trouble. Um, with the juvenile office in regards to status cases, um, it really does, it really, truly does change the story for a child. Hmm. Well, uh, I really appreciate your uh, t- your time that you can give us today, L. And uh, as, so, again, we've been speaking with L. Vote. She's the um, the director for the New Mac CASA. That's the Newton and McDonald County region. And so if people want to find out more about being a CASA or want to talk to you, where should they go? So you can call uh, 417-312-5155. You can email me, um, nmcasadirector at gmail.com. We do have a Facebook, uh, New Mac Casa. Uh, and if you look, it'll say Newton and McDonald County, but it's capital N-E-W, capital M-A-C. And then Casa is all capitalized on Facebook. Um, but you, you're more than willing, um, to reach out to Mo, um, Mo Casa. That's M-O-C-A-S-A dot org. That is, um, the Missouri Casa website and you can find us through there as well. All right. Well, hey, thank you again for joining us and telling us about all that. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate you. 